0: Welcome to Success Gyan Podcast. This is Surendran Jayshik, a founder and CEO of Success Gyan. Success Gyan is India's leading platform for personal and professional development. Our goal is to make 8pm the learning hour in this country. Depression and anxiety can ruin people's life. In today's episode, we have India's leading brain performance expert, Dr. Meghna Dixit, who's here to give us tips on how to fix anxiety and depression. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, lifelong learners. Welcome back one more time. And today's topic is anxiety and depression are totally fixable. Well, it's a statement that we are going to decode today and understand whether are they really fixable or it is something that needs uh, more attention or is it irreversible? So let's first understand what happens in your brain when you are anxious or you're depressed. So the studies have suggested that our brain size actually shrinks when you are anxious and depressed. What happens in depression is uh, it's a result of weakened dendrites. Now, what are the dendrites? The dendrites are basically the cellular extensions. On your neurons, there are cellular extensions These uh, extensions, basically the dendrites, receive the information from the outside world. And there is a shrinkage in these dendrites in in the case of depression. What happens in the case of anxiety is there are two uh, almond-shaped glands which are called as amygdala in your brain, the hindbrain, and these amygdala get, you know, they increase in their size as you are having constant overwhelm or anxiety. Now, this suggests that anxiety or depression uh, are, uh, you know, are not irreversible, but they can be reversed because they are not neurodegenerative disorders. Instead, its impact on the brain may be reversible and your brain can heal because if it is degenerative, then your brain cells will die but here your brain cells are intact only the amygdala is increasing in the size or the dendrites are getting affected now there are several neurotransmitters which are associated with these two problems uh, depression and anxiety in some individuals uh, you face where there is low levels of neurotransmitters such as serotonin, dopamine, or n- norepinephrine, you know, and these are the neurochemicals that are very essential for us to feel good. Now, the moment you start feeling Uh, you know, constantly depressed or constantly anxious, you must know that these are the neurochemical challenges that you're facing in your life. Now, depression can also be linked to the, uh, you know, reduced oxygen levels in the body and in the brain. Every time you are in the uh, zone of unknown or unsafe, your brain is going to prepare you to fight or flight. And every time your brain prepares you for fight or flight, it's going to release cortisol in your body, reduce serotonin, the happy chemicals, increase the stress hormones. And the moment that happens, automatically the oxygen from your uh, prefrontal cortex, you know, this part is of your brain is prefrontal cortex. And prefrontal cortex is your uh, station or is your place where there is judgment and logic is. And the moment of blood circulation from your prefrontal cortex is pulled out and given to your body so that you can prepare for fighting or running away. Remember 70% of the blood goes to your extremities in such cases. That means even the oxygen levels get reduced. So if you are under constant stress, you will observe that your decision-making is impaired. It What happens is it starts changing even your breathing patterns and when your breathing starts changing, automatically oxygen starts dipping in your brain and the moment oxygen starts dipping in your brain, it is called as hypoxia. It's a condition in which the brain is not getting enough oxygen. In this case, the protein uh, hypoxia inducible factor 1 uh, comes in place and Another theory talks about when the oxygen dips in your uh, blood or in your brain, automatically the carbon dioxide levels go higher because your brain starts retaining carbon dioxide. And this carbon dioxide retention occurs in conditions such as lack of sleep or maybe sleep apnea where people are snoring. Okay, And people with sleep apnea have high rates or depression or anxiety. It's uncertain as of now that what has a greater impact on this increased depression Uh, Is it the inflammation caused by certain neurochemicals in the brain or it's a disruption of the sleep related circadian rhythms? Now, circadian rhythms are your sleep-wake cycle and its center is in your pineal gland where there is a burst of chemicals happen. In the morning, uh, there's a serotonin that burst that helps you to be more active, be more focused and be more, you know, in the zone of focus whereas by the end of the day when the sun starts setting your pineal gland releases melatonin and this is a hormone for your sleep now the moment the chemicals in your brain start getting disturbed because of certain you know inflammation or some something that you know the some some stressful activity that has happened uh, maybe there is a challenge that you face with the chemical release and these chemical imbalances can cause anxiety and depression it can also lead to panic panic attacks now you need to understand that your brain is highly sensitive to reduction in oxygen it cannot function 20% of your energy overall in your body at any given point of time is given to your brain even in your sleep state imagine when you are awake how much you know how much energy is demanded by your brain now when there is less oxygen in your brain there's a chances of inflammation or brain cell injury or even brain cell death. Now, when there is inflammation and cellular death that can uh, you know, lead to many symptoms associated with learning disabilities, memory or cognition or including your overall development or even your moods. Even short-term hypoxia, like that can happen because of some sort of, a, you know, breathing disability or breathing discomfort. Even the short-term hypoxia, all especially when you're climbing or hiking on a mountain when there is less oxygen, this can cause confusion because it debilitates your ability to think straight. And most often you will experience that in this scenario, in whether anxiety or depression, mood swings are very much uh, you know you can observe in the patients or people those who have constant anxiety and depression now what happens if you want to improve in these areas is you need to improve your quality of your moods and the way it swings and how can you bring in the homeostasis the balance in your extreme moods now it is also proven that if you are in a good mood Or if you're feeling good about yourself, it starts releasing certain neurotransmitters that helps your nerve cells to grow. And it forms new connections in your brain, which can also call as synaptic connections. And this process can take weeks forming new synaptic connections and in turn forming you know new circuitries in your brain is also called as neurogenesis and this process can takes weeks and weeks to happen because once a connection is formed it is not really strong it can anytime you know uh, disconnect from each other so to make the circuitry strong and strengthening the nerve cell It is very important that you stay in the constant good mood. Now, if you are in a constant good mood or if you are able to develop that kind of an ability to feel good for longer periods of time, you will experience significant decrease in your anxiety and depression levels. And the information that you are going to receive because the dendrites will start healing. And the moment the dendrites will start healing, you'll automatically experience the information that you're consuming from outside world will also improve, because uh, it will start processing it in a better way and a faster way. Now, how do you start increasing neurogenesis? Because that is the key for you to start healing yourself. Now understand what I'm talking here is not a replacement for any psychiatric treatment. So if you are under any sort of a psychiatric treatment, then before doing anything that I'm suggesting here for you, please make sure that you connect with your doctor, evaluate yourself, understand and please do not stop your medications. Before your doc, you know, if your doctor's uh, advice is very important for you to eliminate or even reduce any sort of a medication if you're taking on. OK, so understand that depression or anxiety is a multifaceted uh, challenge and it's a multifaceted mental health condition. So a combination of approaches in this case will help you to start the neurogenesis process. And I'm going to help you with all the steps, all the processes that can activate the neurogenesis in your brain and start healing your brain. So first and foremost is going to the therapy. Please do not ignore anxiety and depression as something that you're feeling today and, you know, it's not something that is serious. It can turn into a very serious disorder or a problem if it stays very long time. The symptoms are such that, uh, you know, excessive thinking, negative thinking, not feeling like getting out of the bed, not getting proper sleep uh not feeling good not want to connect with people even if your loved ones are trying to talk to you or suggest you you're just kind of shrugging it off and you don't want to be with people you socially isolate yourself and you're constantly busy with your own things and you're giving excuses to yourself for not doing the necessary things if any of this you're facing then you must uh, Think of seeking professional help. That's the first and foremost. Now, therapies can identify the aspects of your life that have brought you into this chronic and intense stress. See, it all begins with small amounts of stress and stress everybody has. So you cannot, uh, today's the world, you cannot avoid stress. What you can do is you can build a coping mechanism well, so that you can start taking higher amounts of stress and you can still deal with it constructively and that doesn't affect you or it doesn't stop you from doing what you need to do to get better in your life. Now, understand ways to process your emotions through going to a proper therapist think more reflectively and flexibly through these stressful life events that may have happened in the past or maybe going through right now or maybe you're anticipating in the future. Big decisions like marriage or changing of a job, choosing a career or something that your career depends on or even changing house or maybe changing uh, your country, or state can create massive amount of stress and that increases, uh, you know, your neurochemical imbalance. So, Therapies can only help you to navigate through these stressful situations in a right way. Therapies can help you to strategize better ways of thinking towards your triggers and your stressors. Now, maybe the triggers and stressors are there and you cannot do anything about it. We are living in a world of that is full of these kind of triggers knowing and understanding your understanding your triggers and stresses better and developing strategies to deal with them with more confidence and foresight and ease is the key to overcome any sort of anxiety or depression now you want to also focus on your relationships in therapies because the most affected things in your because of anxiety and depression is your relationships Remember your networks or your connections are very, very critical. And when you start cutting them off or shunning people away, it impacts, you know, in a uh, in a bad way to your already existing anxiety and depression. So working on your relationship strategically. Focusing on figuring it out, like what certain choices that you've made in the past that has led you to be here and what choices would you like to make Now from here on, so that you make your life better. See, I have personally seen a lot of patients of depression and anxiety have taken care of themselves so beautifully with the help of their therapist and their doctor that it has really helped them to live normal life. And some of them have also gone off medications. You want to focus on rewiring, changing your unhelpful patterns that you've picked up as child, your habits that are not serving you, helping you. The second way that you can regenerate your neuro, you know, neural connections or neurogenesis is exercising regularly. Getting a regular exercise can do wonders for your brain health and it is actually sp- you know, proven that uh, regular exercise decreases inflammation in your brain. It restores the balance between your sympathetic and parasympathetic neural activities. So, sympathetic nervous system comes in action when there is stress in your life. And overactive sympathetic nervous system will always going to make you feel anxious and depressed. But parasympathetic nervous system, on the contrary, balances the stress and starts regenerating the neurons. At the same time, it starts helping you to be more calm, centered and be able to face your stress uh, with more positive attitude. It also improves the physical activity, also improves your metabolic functions, which will help to digest the toxic elements in your body. And it also helps on the cardiovascular activity, which is also a very important factor because, as I said earlier, in anxiety and depression, the oxygen to your brain uh, is reduced. Hypoxia happens, right? So when the cardiovascular activity is increased, it automatically pumps more blood towards every part of your body. So it's very essential that you get yourself regular physical activity. The third thing that you need to do is following a healthy diet. See, most often when people are anxious and depressed, you will observe people are stress eating or binge eating, or most often people go and add sugary foods or more salty or more Mm -hmm. processed food in their diet. And this is absolutely worse for your existing condition. Your diet affects every part of your health, including your mental health. And what I have come across is there is something called as mind diet. Mind diet means Mediterranean diet and DASH diet. DASH is dietary approach to stop hypertension. You can have a look at it on Google or best is if you can seek a nutritionist help to design or devise a proper diet plan, a nutritional plan for your tailor-made requirements. Then what you need to do is the next is, of course, we all know this and the whole world is screaming that screen time and minimum use of social media. You know, today's social media is filled with so much negativity. And when you are already feeling negative, you tend to look towards more negativity. So, you know, it's so I understand that smartphones, computers and tablets today are unavoidable part of our life. And it is something that we are dependent on but how can you start cutting these devices off and reduce the uh, you know reduce their engagement more and more in your life because it is proven that when the moment you start reducing your screen time automatically your brain starts getting better uh, neurons and your mental health improves because your screen time is negatively also impacting your sleep so my suggestion is Two hours before sleep, just cut off everything. And once you wake up, one hour at least, keep it away. So these three hours of your 24 hours are going to give you huge impact in your brain health. The next point here I would like to suggest is to focus on self-care. The biggest thing happens with the patients of anxiety and depression is you stop taking care of yourself. Now, what taking care of yourself means different to every single human being. and But one thing I can tell you that the stress levels go drastically down when you start focusing on the things that you love to do. Like for me, traveling, walking in nature, swimming, doing yoga are sure short ways that I feel good about myself. What about you? Is it lighting candles? Is it reading a good book or pursuing any hobby, preparing a healthy meal for yourself? Or maybe just stretching in the bed before you get up uh, and start your day? Or is it getting a massage done? Self-care will go a long way activating your parasympathetic neural connections so that it will start giving a different neurochemistry to your brain and automatically suggesting neurogenesis. The next part is becoming more mindful. It's a very, very critical uh, practice that you can bring in your life that will anchor to for you to be in the present moment. See, most often when you're anxious, you're generally thinking about the worst case scenario happening in the future. And when you're depressed, you're thinking about something that happened in the past. In both ways, you're either past, you know, in your past or in your future. The only time you'll start healing yourself when you're in the present. So how do you start coming into the present? The best way to do this is start meditating. Five minutes, any sort of a meditation, whether it's guided meditation, whether it's silence, whether it's focusing on the breath or focusing on the body parts, chanting any mantra, chanting affirmations, or maybe even dynamic meditations. You can use any of this on everyday basis. Commit to 30 days meditation process, maybe just five to 10 minutes in a day and preferably at the same time what is going to happen is you're going to rewire your brain for activating the reward circuits. And the moment your brain gets used to those reward circuits at a particular time, it's going to look forward to do it more and more. And this will help you to develop the positive circuits in your brain. Another way that I feel is very, very helpful uh, when when you have constant anxiety or depression is cuddling. Now, this cuddle could be human beings or cuddle could be your pet or any pet, or you can maybe foster a pet or something that will take your attention away from your stress and put your attention more on something more lively, that can really help you release oxytocin in your blood. And the moment your oxytocin is released in the blood, it starts reducing the cortisol levels in the blood. Cortisol levels are very, very important when it comes to stress, right? So, Excess cortisol in your blood will always indicate the stress is present and will start impairing your logical or your judgment and your critical thinking. But when the oxytocin releases in your blood, automatically you'll experience, you know, uh, lowering of the blood pressure, taking care of your, you know, you're feeling better about everything. You can start feeling your, you know, your heart rate starts coming to normalcy and things like that. So cuddling is a great way to start activating your parasympathetic nervous system. If that is something that you like, some people don't like physical touch. So maybe you can eliminate this. But the next practice you can develop is deep breathing. Okay. Uh, mental stress, as I said earlier, activates your sympathetic nervous system and your body's fight and flight syndrome. Right. So when you start, when, when you're in the zone of stress or fight or flight, imagine the tiger is chasing you. It's not the time to rest, breathe, eat or sleep. It's a time to run or fight. Right. So if you start focusing on the deep breaths, when you're triggered, automatically the signal to your sympathetic nervous system is oh things are okay there's not much of a problem and it starts focusing more on uh, you know parasympathetic activity. So deep breathing exercises will help you to start controlling your uh, you know reactions in anxiety or depression. What deep breathing you can do is diaphragmatic breathing now diaphragmatic is there's a simple you know there's this kind of a thin um, curtain on in between your chest and in your abdomen which is called as diaphragm which can be activated through abdominal breathing belly breathing how do you do that is you take 25 deep breaths when you take the take you know inhale inside you imagine your stomach is extending out your abdomen is extending out And slowly when, you know, you're exhaling, your stomach is going in. But know that you're, you know, focus on your abdominal breathing because most patients of anxiety, depression do not breathe till abdomen. Most of you will observe your breathing either opposite, that is while you're inhaling, your abdomen is coming out, uh, abdomen is going in. And when you're exhaling, your abdomen is coming out. So that's not the way. If you observe your breathing, Mostly it's going up to your throat or max up to your chest. You're not even breathing thin abdomen. So conscious 25 breaths. That will really, really help you to set your deep breathing patterns and start activating the neurogenesis in your brain. Thank you so much for listening are sure this podcast gave you tips to fix anxiety and depression. Do share this with your friends, family or anyone whom you think needs this information. Dr. Meghna Dixit will be live in the upcoming Masterclass and Summits. For more details, log into www.sgsummits.com.